This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Oh, praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. God is so good. We, um, we're going to be doing uh, outreach Saturday this Saturday um, at 11 o'clock. And um, just get up with me if you want to go out and go out into the community and pass out some of these flyers. You can also, um, we have flyers on the table. Isn't this a beautiful flyer? I'm proud of it. But, um, amen, I think it's the nicest one that we made yet. Amen. And it's, uh, it says, uh, make Sundays the best day of your week. Amen. And I don't know about you, but isn't Sunday the best day of your week? I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's my best day. I love Sundays. Amen. And I just love getting into the house of the Lord, being around other believers, where we can encourage one another and strengthen one another. That's what it's all about. Amen. And sometimes when you're out in the world, it almost seems like you're by yourself. But uh, I'm just glad that we can come together as a family and uh, and celebrate Jesus. And we want we want other people to join our family. Amen. And so we want to encourage you. If you want, you don't have to go out with us on Saturday. We're, we're, we're passing out flyers around the area. But you can also like if you want to take 10 or 15 or 100, um, you can pass them out in your neighborhood. And, and this you just just go. If you if you're shy about knocking on a door, just put it on. Knock on a door and run. OK, um, <laughs> <laughs> amen. And, you, know, you don't even have to knock on a door. Amen. Just put it on. Just slap them on. But I like making a personal contact. Uh, it's just something about, you know, uh, a personal contact. And uh, yes, um, uh, Christina and I went out again yesterday. Yes, we went out again yesterday. And we were able to talk. And, you know, people are nice when you have a child with you. So anyway, so when you got a child with you, they, they, they seem to be a little nicer. They loosen up a little bit. And uh, so I get, again, I, I call her my secret weapon. And uh, so, so get up with me if you're interested in getting together next Saturday. We're looking at getting together around 11. And, uh, and we'll, we'll pass out some of these flyers, talk to some neighbors. And, and I found out that people are nice out there. And people are accepting, uh, accepting a prayer, you know, and... Um, it's amazing how many people are out there and how, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Christians, um, that, um, that don't go to church. It's amazing how many Christians that do not have a church home. So, you know, we don't want to take Christians out of other churches. Uh, that's called proselyting. We don't want to do that. If they, if they're bearing fruit in their other church, that's great. But if they're not really bearing fruit in that church, then or if they're not really attending a church, then, then, then try to get them to come out to Exceed Life Church. Amen. So uh, praise God. We are finishing our fasting and prayer. Actually, we finished up our fasting and prayer for 21 days. Yesterday was our final day. So now you can um, now you can go into feasting. Amen. And uh, but you need to be careful about that. But I, I still want to finish up my uh, my series on on fasting and prayer. And, and the word. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. I'm just going to finish it up. And uh, because, you know, even though that we have fasted for 21 days, that doesn't mean you, you, you that that doesn't mean that you you uh, stop fasting for the rest of your life. <laughs> In other words, you might want to continue to fast and pray. You know, the Lord directed me. It's you know, I, I think one of the most important things you can get in fasting and prayer, of course, fasting is disconnecting from the from the from the world, amen. 
and prayer is connecting to God. And I think one of the best things we can get from God is direction. Is when God reveals truth to us or shows us, gives us uh, maybe uh, some enlightenment in some areas that we didn't see before. I mean, the Lord's revealing to me and directing to me he, uh, uh, that, uh, that I, I usually fast once a week. But I, I feel like the Lord is directing me to fast twice a week for this year until he tells me not to. So I'm excited about, well, my flesh is not excited about fasting twice a week. But uh, I know that God has some good things in store and, um, and so I, I know that he's in, say, say, say God's preparing me. So see, see, I'm going to say this, that God is preparing each one of us for greater. Somebody say greater. So God is preparing you for greater. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm ready for some greater. I'm ready to see greater things. You know, Jesus said the works that that he said, actually, the works that I do, Jesus says this, the works I do, you can do. And then Jesus said greater works than Jesus because Jesus said, because I go to the father. So that's amazing to me because Jesus raised the dead, walked on water. And, uh, you know, but Peter walked on water and, you know, some of the disciples Actually, uh, you know, after Jesus was raised from the dead, they raised some people from the dead. It is recorded in the book of Acts. So 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 if they can do it, say I can do it. You can do it. Why? Because you have the power of God in you. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. So we're talking about fasting and, uh, you know, uh, Fasting does connect, disconnects us from the world uh, and, and prayer connects us to God. So I, I like to say fasting, prayer and the word. And so in James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I like what Psalms 145, 18 and 19 says. It says the Lord is near to all who call upon him. Think about that. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. I think what really... What got what upsets the Lord? Can, can, can I get can I give you some information this morning? What upsets God? What upsets God and what upset him in the Old Testament? It was that people weren't willing to call on God. He was looking for people to call on him. He was looking for people to pray. He was looking for people to get them to, to ask God to come into their life. God is looking for somebody that's seeking him. Do I have any seekers this morning? Do I have any people that are hungry for the things of God? I, I, I'm hungry. I, I'm like that deer that pants after the water brook. I, I'm hungry for God. I got to have more of God in my life. And again, I always say more of God is more good. Just put another O on God and God is good. Amen. So you can't get you can't get too much of God in your life. And so Psalms 145, 18 says, the Lord is near, I love that, to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Amen. And I love this part of it. Verse 19, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Oh my, I love that. How many people want answered prayer in here? How many people want God to fulfill your desire? I know some of you are believing and, and, and I'm believing for my relatives to come to start coming to church. Some of them are they used to come to church and they're outside of church. But how many people are believing for revival in your family? Amen. How many people are believing that your kids are going to come back strong to the things of God? 
and your relatives. So, 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 so we need to believe that God is going to move, amen, and answer our prayers in those areas. And he says he also will hear their cry and save them. Amen. We also discovered that, uh, you know, in our Christian walk, uh, you know, you, you get saved. You, before you're saved, you don't realize you, ha- you don't really realize you have any problems. Of course, you have a, a bucket load of problems before you're saved. A lot of times we're blinded to our own issues. Does anybody knows that? And a lot of times when we get saved, uh, then we start, you know, we come to church and we start reading the Bible and we found out some areas in our life need some adjustments. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And we, we, we need some adjustments in our life. And then we find out then then the devil starts working on us because the closer you get to God, it, it, it's good. And, and God's going to help you. And there's a grace. But then there's a devil out here that's going to try to separate you from the things of God. So the devil, he his whole job description is to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to steal the word from you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So the devil is, is, is against us, but, 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 you know, he's our enemy. But sometimes we have an inner me that gets us in trouble as well. Am I, are you hearing what I'm talking to him? And what it is is that we have a flesh. Somebody say flesh. And so we have a flesh. And that flesh is our, our, our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's that part of us that wants to control. Anybody out there who wants to control you know, and we need to put God in the driver's seat, don't we? And then we have our bodies and sometimes our bodies want to control. Anybody was, was, you know, on that fast and we're thinking about donuts and cookies and your body wants to control you. But, you know, really the key is we are three parts, if I may. In Thessalonians, uh, uh, at the end of Thessalonians, uh, I believe it's 523, it's, uh, Paul is saying, may your whole spirit, soul, and body. So, so be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, so Paul actually puts us in three places. Soul, spirit, and body. So it's really spirit, soul, and body. So, 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 so we are a spirit. Somebody say, I'm a spirit. And I'm hoping this year that you're going to walk more in the spirit than in the flesh. Amen. I don't know about you, but I was thinking about this because I I had some good days fasting and I really felt the presence of God. And, you know, it's almost like days of heaven on earth. And I don't know about you, but I want to start walking days of heaven on earth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I really believe that we can get in a place in God where we're not we're not dealing with the fears. We're not dealing with anxiety. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I don't want to deal with anxieties. I, I don't want to deal with fears. I, I don't want to deal with getting angry in traffic. Amen. I, I don't want to. Am I related to anything? I don't, want to, I don't want to deal with that this year. I want to be at peace. You know, I, I, I don't want to get mad when the person puts the high beams behind me. And it's, it's on my rear view mirror. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or are, the, or are you the one putting the high? Okay. Are you the high beamers? Amen. So, 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 so we, we, we have to understand this, that fasting is a form of crucifying the flesh. And, and, and I, you know, if you bring your flesh down, then your spirit can take control. 
And when we walk in the spirit, uh, we will walk under the fullness of God's grace. I like what it says in Galatians 5, 16. It says, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are in contrary to one another. So you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So, again, you know, I'm just going to remind you, there's 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 laws that that govern the natural world and there's laws that govern the spirit world. And uh, and so if you go against spiritual laws, it's going to hurt you. And we we want to go with with God's law. And, and there's a law of faith and, and there's a law of love and we need to operate in the law of love. Amen. That's what walking in spirit is walking in the law of love. And next month, we're, I'm going to be preaching on love. And, and hopefully we're going to be walking in more love. Amen. By the end of that series next month. Glory to God. You can't go wrong walking in love. Amen. And so, so really, I want to walk in the spirit. And the, and the key of, you know, a key test. Do you, want, do, you want, do you want to know a test if you're walking in the spirit? It is, it, the test is, are you walking in joy? Are you walking in peace? Are you walking in patience? Are you walking in kindness? Are you walking in goodness? Are you walking in faithfulness? Are you walking in gentleness? And are you walking in self-control? Pastor, I failed that whole test. <laughs> Pastor, can you back that truck up again? You know, uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's tough. That's that's not easy. Well, no, no, that's called the fruit of the Spirit. I did a series on that last year. Does anybody remember that series of the fruit of the Spirit? Amen. I ran some of you out of the church with that series. But anyway, uh, but, but the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, and, and it was like, it was a nine-week message. And I'm still waiting for you guys to start walking. No, I'm kidding. But you guys are walking. Say I'm walking in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm trying to get there too. Amen. And so how do you walk in the fruit of the spirit? You may ask. I mean, I mean, do you just force love? No, you don't force it. Uh, you, ha- you have to practice. You, you do have to practice walking in love. Well, how do you practice walking in love? How do you practice walking in the fruit of the spirit? Well, like me, uh, I don't, you know, patience. I don't run red lights. Hello. <laughs> uh, you know, it's turning yellow and you speed up. No, you stop. My mom was in the car with me and, and, she, and she hates my driving because I'm, I'm always cutting through the yellow lights. She said, that might be a camera there. I said, I know where all the cameras at, mom. I know what red lights, I know what yellow lights I can run through. I know which ones I got to stop at. I know how to do the California stop. Doesn't even know what I'm talking about here. Well, I mean, I will cut through a 7-Eleven to avoid a, a traffic light. Again, would say, don't you got any patience? So this year, I'm, this year, I'm telling off of myself. I'm telling off of myself today. Amen. But as long as it's dark and I turn the lights off and nobody knows it's like see life pastor doing these kind of things. Amen. And so what I'm talking about, I say, you got to practice patience. You, you got to practice patience. I I don't like waiting in line, <laughs> but I'm going to try to practice patience this year. You know how you can practice patience if, if you learn to work on mod, 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 margins, margins, learn to have a margin, margin. That's it's that butter. But anyway, um, in other words, 
have enough time to where you're not rushing. And if you spend enough, if you get up early enough, get up early. Yeah. And then you have enough time. Say it takes you 20 minutes to get somewhere. Allow 30 minutes and then you don't have to try to race through the traffic. I'm, that's free today. I'm not going to charge you for that bit of advice. Amen. And so, again, we want to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. So how do we do that? John 15 says, this is Jesus. He, he's calling us to bear fruit. And he says, abide in me, John 15, 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So, so, so what does that mean? That means I really believe the, the perfect way of abiding in God is, is, is fasting, is, is cutting yourself off uh, from the influences of the world and then prayer and the word connecting to the influences of God. Amen. So I, I believe. And so as we abide in him, automatically you should start walking in some peace. All, you, know, you know what makes us attractive to the world? It's peace and joy. I'm telling you, we should be walking in peace and joy. I mean, we should have a smile on our face. Glory to God. It's amazing to me uh, that, that how a smile can go a long way. That, when I was knocking on doors with Christina yesterday, I just had a big smile. See, I, I, I used to be in sales. And uh, in sales, you've got to be a nice person in sales. Because you've got to sell people stuff. You can't be a grumpy salesperson and expect to make any sales quotas. So you got to be a, hey, how you doing? Hallelujah. And so you got to be positive. And I, I worked with this lady and she was uh, before the, you know, before the gate raised, we, we, I sold jewelry. And, um, and she would be like, ah, we'd be putting the jewelry out. She may be kind of negative. And then that, and that gate starts coming up. She says, showtime. You <laughs> know. And, she, and she's like, she changes from being a negative person. Hey, how you doing? You know, are you here? What's that and so when you're fellowshipping with God and you're spending time with God and you have sweet fellowship with the Lord and you start having and God starts revealing truth to you and his word. And you have that fellowship through prayer because prayer is not just asking God for something. It's fellowshipping with him. And when you fellowship with God and he starts revealing truth and you're worshiping and you're sensing his presence, you're, you should be smiling. Oh, glory to God. You, sh- you should have peace. You should be operating in the fruit of the spirit. Amen. Here's a great scripture I like. Uh, this is a great fasting and prayer scripture. It says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so Paul is saying I, he's been crucified. You're crucified with Christ. In reality, when Christ went on the cross, you went on the cross with him. Oh, man. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In reality, when, when Christ was crucified, you were crucified. Your sins were crucified. Amen. And when Jesus was raised from the dead. And now he's seated at the right hand of the father. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, it says that we've been seated in heavenly places with him. Do you know you're seated in, in authority? You're seated in heavenly places with God. Amen. That means somebody say, I have authority. You're seated in heavenly places. That's awesome. 
So, so again, we, we, we also discovered that fasting and prayer is a sacrifice. And, and there's something about sacrifices that, 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 that God loves. Amen. Especially when we sacrifice food for, for spiritual gain. And, and uh, I like what Jesus uh, said in the wilderness when he was fasting. Uh, the devil tried to, you know, get him to turn some stones into bread. And Jesus had the ability to do that. But Jesus said this, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, you're here today. You're not just here for physical food, even though we're going to be feasting after this service. Maybe you are here for that. But okay. Um, But you should be here, not just for the food that we're going to eat. Amen. But you should be here for some spiritual food. You should be here for a rhema word. One word from God can change your life. You know, I could preach a whole message and you may not get nothing from it. And it might be just that last word that I give. So that means you got to keep your switch of faith turned on. Are you listening? You got to be listening. Jesus would say those who have ears Hear what the Spirit of God is saying. What was he saying? He wasn't talking about physical ears. He was talking about spiritual ears. You've got to have a hunger to hear what God is saying to you in the word. Amen. Praise God. And so and so Jesus said, men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the sacrifice principle is putting God first. I like what it says in Hebrews 13, 15. And there's always a blessing. Can I say this again? There's always a blessing to sacrifice. You, you can't sacrifice without a blessing coming in. Without God, God blesses those that sacrifice. And some may say, well, I thought, I thought Jesus was the last sacrifice. Are you talking about that I should continue to sacrifice some things? Yes. <laughs> Yes, Jesus is the final sacrifice, as in when they, in the Old Testament, they would sacrifice animals. And, and, and God had a sacrifice system to cover the people's sins. And, and so they would take, and, and then if they sinned, they would have to bring another. I mean, I'm telling you, they were slaughtering animals left and right in the Old Testament. But, you know, thank God that we don't have to do that. Thank God Jesus was is the final sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Glory to God. So, so Jesus was is the final sacrifice. But that doesn't mean that we can't still sacrifice some things for God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I believe that God that the greatest blessing is on the altar of sacrifice. And so in Hebrews uh, in in uh, Hebrews uh, thirteen fifteen, it says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. So this is Paul writing this. He said, therefore, by, uh, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, given thanks to his name. Hallelujah. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so, so what is, what is the blessing? What is the blessing that comes from giving God praise and thanksgiving? What, what is the blessing? Well, the blessing or the promise that comes from giving God thanksgiving and praise is perfect peace. How many people want to walk in some more peace? 
Well, you start doing some, sac- you know, the Bible talks about sacrifices of praise. When you start praising God in the midst of your storm, I'm telling you, God's going to put some peace in your life. And I don't know about you, but I want some peace in my life. The Bible says, see, when you, when you magnify God, it demagnifies, if that's a word, demagnifies your problem. I make up words up here. Is that all right? Don't check the dictionary on me, all right? You demagnify your problem. When you magnify God, you demagnify your problem. That means you make your problem smaller. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Uh, I like this. In Psalms 51, 17, it says here, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. And, you know, listen, what 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 Psalmist David, what he wrote was he, he David sinned and he had. Listen, when you sin and God reveals that you, there's areas in your life that you're a knucklehead in. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And there's and you messed up. There should be some kind of remorse. There should be, you, you know, especially, you know, when you because because when we sin, we're actually hurting God and we should have some kind of remorse about that. Well, oh, pastor, I'm under grace. I don't need to feel anything. You should feel a little remorse if you mess up. James actually talks about that in James. James was talking about some of the people in the church and he and he called them sinners <laughs> And he and he said and he said and he and he and he called them adulteresses and adulteresses. Wow. Because they had friendship with the world. And he said, you guys need to weep and mourn for your sin. James said that. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, we should have a godly sorrow for when we mess up. And so so he said there's a sacrifice of a broken and contrite heart. And, and, and so what what's the what's the promise for that? Uh, forgiveness and, and that's the promise. Forgiveness and restoration is a promise to repentance. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? That's the promise. I don't know about you, but I like that kind of promise. I like that when I can come to God and I'm in remorse. And they see, see, David was in a place where he, he sinned, but God forgave him. And David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I thank God we don't have to stay in remorse about our sins. I thank God that God can forgive us and wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he can give us the joy back. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but don't let your sin of your past hold you back from the future that God has for you. Glory to God. Your sins are forgiven. They're washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Jesus paid the full price for your sins. Glory to God. You have the gift of righteousness. It was imputed to you. That's a weird word. Imputed. It's an old English word. It was imparted to you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You have the gift of righteousness. Your spirit is perfect in God. It's just that our souls got we, we need to work on our soul and we need to work on our body. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So it's okay to grieve over your sin, but don't keep grieving over it. 
you got to let it go like Paul had to let it go. He had to let go all the bad things he did in the past. And he had to keep moving forward. And we just need to keep moving forward. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lift up your heads, all ye gates. And be lifted up, you everlasting doors. So that the king of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? The king strong and mighty. The king mighty in battle. Ooh, man, I'm getting a little excited this morning. Lift up your heads. Glory to God. We're not supposed to be stumped down as Christians. We need to lift our heads up. Glory to God. We're king's kids. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a king's kid. Glory to God. Ooh, I could drop the mic right now. Let's go eat. (laughs) Hallelujah. So let's continue here. So we're talking about sacrifice. Isn't sacrifice wonderful? But anyway, we're talking about sacrifice. And I like in Philippians 4.18. And the Philippians, um, they were a, a church that supported Paul financially. They were one of the very few churches that supported Paul financially, gave it out of, uh, out of their treasury to help Paul preach the gospel. And in 4.18, Philippians 4.18, it says, Indeed, I have all... Uh, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you. And then, then Paul says this, and it's a sweet smell and aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So, so Paul was equating their giving uh, as a sweet smell and aroma unto the Lord, uh, a, a sweet sacrifice and he was, he was equating their giving as sacrifice, the Philippian church. So listen, I'm going to say this to you. When we give out of a heart of love, uh, it is like a sweet smelling sacrifice unto the Lord. The Lord receives our gifts. You're not just, when you give to the church, you're not just giving to, to Exceed Life Church. You're giving to God. You're giving to God Almighty. Are you listening? It's not just a church and an organization. No, hopefully when you're tithing and giving offerings, you're giving it to God. And if Jesus takes it and he receives those tithes and offerings and he presents it to the Father and he pours you down a blessing. And what, what is the promise of giving? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a good promise in giving. In other words, you're not going to lack any good thing. When you are a giver and you start giving out of your treasury, uh, God will give you more. and You give and it's like a cycle of blessing. And we're not supposed to hold on. We're supposed to give out. We need to be river Christians. We need to flow like a river and allow God's resources to flow through us, to flow through others, to bless other people. And it's a cycle. I call it the life cycle of blessing. And then the final sacrifice is our bodies. And we talked about that in Romans 12. When, uh, I, you know, uh, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, which is your reasonable service of worship. And, and so really, you, your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. It belongs to God twice over. One, by right of creation. Two, by the blood of Jesus. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying? And your body is a living sacrifice. Well, what the problem is that we crawl off the altar. <laughs> when, we, when we present our bodies, then we crawl off the altar because it's a living sacrifice. We need to keep our bodies on the altar. Amen. And how do you do that? Through prayer and fasting. And what's the promise? It fulfills the, it fulfills the call of God on your life. You, your body can get you knocked out of the call of God on your life. Amen. And so fasting and prayer is communing with God. It produces special favor. And uh, I like that, that, uh, that, that Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible. Please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who casually seek him. Yes, who diligently seek him. So, so, so really fasting and prayer is seeking God, is communing with God. And that produces favor. Uh, Jesus said, when you fast in, in secret, God will uh, reward you openly. And so I, I don't know about you, but I like to be rewarded openly. I, I like what Daniel and we, we've been on that 21 day fast that, that Daniel went on. And uh, I, I like the fact that right at the very beginning, when Daniel and his three friends, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, when, when they came in uh, uh, and they were being trained, they um, they did not want to eat the king's food. So the Bible said that they didn't want to eat, drink the king's wine or eat the king's food. And they just asked us to drink water and eat vegetables. They were basically on a fast. Somebody say, well, water and vegetables. Whoo, man, that's a fast. But anyway, and they were on a fast. And the, the Bible actually says that God did something for them. It says in Daniel 17 uh, uh, that, that when they did that and made the commitment that they were going to be separated from the, the, that world system. And when you make a commitment that you separate yourself from this losing world system, God's going to do something in your life. God's going to give you special things. God's going to bless you. He's going to increase you. He's going to do some awesome things. And with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, it, it says in Daniel 17, and these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. I believe that Daniel was the leader. And I believe that he was probably the one that came up with the idea. Let's go ahead. And the three uh, friends said, OK, we're not we're going to follow Daniel's lead. And I, I believe that Daniel not only got all the blessings of literature and being ever that, but he had the blessing of interpreting dreams. Are you here one saying, I don't know about you, but I like added added blessings. I, I, I like to have have extra gifts in, in my. Are you here one saying to you today? I like to walk in extra gifts. I'm telling you, I still think God can place more gifts. I'm still waiting for the gift to sing. Glory to God. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm pretty good in the shower. Hallelujah. But uh, I, I, I know when I get to heaven, I'm going to be a great singer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But 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 special gifts. Amen. And so we know that. So 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 when you fast and pray, God's. Oh, and another thing they did was um, in 1920, the king examined all the people that uh, came in uh, and uh, and Daniel and his three friends stood out. And the Bible said that God made them 10 times better than everybody else. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, we should be 10 times greater. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ten times. Your kids should be ten times wiser than the world. You should have ten times the giftings. 
Whatever you have should be multiplied tenfold. You, know, you hear what? This is Old Testament. Pastor, what? I'm not. This is old. How much more can God do in New Testament theology? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? God can do greater and more. Amen. And so, and so I want to talk to you. Uh, now I can get to my message. I want to, I, want, I want to talk to you about fasting for greater faith. Fasting for greater faith and greater authority. Now, now, now we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't, I know, don't send me a letter now, okay? But it just sounds good for my message today, all right? But <laughs> fasting for greater faith and greater authority. I'm going to explain this. I'll explain it. In Matthew 17, we're going to look at Matthew 17, 14 through 21. I'm going to try to get through this quickly, amen? Um, and it says here, and when they had come to the multitude, let me get up here. Glory to God, because the lighting's better and looks better on camera, amen? And... <laughs> I love coming down with you guys, but and when they had come, the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, so so uh, a man came to Jesus, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, and this is what I want you to underline. Oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Now, Jesus actually didn't say that to the man. He was saying that to his disciples, his nine disciples. I could not cast out this spirit out of this boy. It was a demonic spirit. We find that in another place uh, that it was a demonic spirit that this boy was under. And, and, the, and, and, the, uh, and the disciples couldn't cast it out. And so what, what was going on was they were coming up against a brick wall. For some reason, their prayer wasn't working. Have you ever been there where your prayer is not working? Have you ever come up against a brick wall? It just seems like, why isn't it seem like anything moving? And so, so sometimes there's, there's reasons why. And then there, there are reasons, and we're going to continue to read here. And he says, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Faithless means they were lacking faith. And perverse means they were too connected to the natural. They were too connected to the world. So, 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 oh, faith and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Because, see, they were amazed because Jesus already sent them out. They already had success. They already, they, all, they knew how to cast demons out. They were good at it. They went to houses and they said, man, even the demons are subject to, to, to your name uh, uh, when we pray for people. They, they had success already, but for some reason they came up against something that was a little bit more difficult. And then the disciples said privately, why couldn't we do this? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed... You will say to this mountain, be moved from here to there and it will be moved. And nothing, say nothing, nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus said he took it down to just a mustard seed of faith. And he said, however, Jesus, says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. 
And so, and so I, you know, you know, I, one person said this way, that this kind of demon, but another person uh, interpreted this way, and it could be interpreted this way. Just work with me here. That this kind of unbelief may not come out through prayer and fasting. In other words, when you fast, you're, you're disconnecting from the world. Amen. And when you pray, you're connecting to God. And the closer you are to God, the more faith I believe you should walk in. Are you listening to what I'm saying? To The more real God is to you, the more real his promises are going to be to you. Amen. And that's why you're here in church today, because hopefully God's becoming more real to you. Hopefully the reality of God is becoming more real and it's crystallizing in you. And you realize that there is a God in heaven. And that that big God lives on the inside of you. And you are greater. That greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So we see this, that, that, that he said this kind comes out through prayer and fasting. And so we, we need to focus on that. And we need to realize that, that, that as we disconnect to, from the world, as we connect to God, we can walk in a, a, a greater Faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? A greater faith. Now, now, now this works hand in hand because I believe that they were lacking because faith brings authority. But you need to understand how authority works. A lot of people see if the devil's not minding you, if you're speaking to a pain and it's not leaving you, then then there's there's some you're lacking some authority. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And and Jesus was ministering, and in Matthew chapter 8, he was ministering, and this, and this centurion came up to Jesus, and, and, and he, had a, he had a problem with his servant. And this centurion uh, said to Jesus, uh, you know, I'm a man under authority. And he says, I, I tell this man to do this, because he told Jesus, Jesus said, I'll come to heal the man. And, and, and the centurion said, no, you don't have to come heal him, just speak the word. And, and then that's when he said, I understand how faith works. I understand that, that Jesus, this centurion was saying, I understand that you're operating under some a mighty authority. You're, you're operating some authority because obviously this centurion heard the stories, seen Jesus heal, healing the blind, the lame, raising the dead. He was walking in some authority. But see, how did Jesus walk in this authority? The only way he walked in this authority, he was submitted to God. In other words, you submit under God. See, Jesus was 100% submitted to God. And because Jesus said, what I do, I always do what my father tells me to do. Jesus never operated independently of himself. See, if we were 100% submitted to God, man, you'd be raising the dead. You, 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 man, your kid's sick, bam, they'll be healed. Why? Because it, it wouldn't take a couple of days. It's like, you, know, you pray, pray for them, bam. Why? Because you're 100% submitted under the Father. Jesus was 100% submitted under the Father. When those disciples tried to cast the demon out of that boy, they started probably taking turns and, and said, in the name of Jesus, come out. Nothing happened. 
In the name of Jesus. Hey, you want to try? And then they kept trying. They said, I ain't working. They walked away. Listen, when you got faith, you don't walk away. You stay in the fight until it happens. You don't let go of your faith. You stay in there until you see the promise of God manifested in that situation. Daniel stayed in the fight 21 days. And I believe it would have. Listen, we could have been doing a 40-day fast if it said it in the Bible. Because I believe he would have done it for 40 days. I believe Daniel would have went beyond 21 days. It just took 21 days for the angel to break through that demonic force that was trying to keep the answer from coming to him. Yes, there are demonic forces that are working against us, but the greater one is with us. And when we start standing and we start doing something physical to produce a spiritual result, God will move. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, in the Old Testament, uh, 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 Moses was in a fight with the Amalekites, and and God told him that he had to lift his arms up. And, you know, and and when he lifted his arms, when his arms came down, uh, the Israelites were losing the battle. But when his arms went up, they were winning the battle. I don't know if you remember that story. He was doing something physical to produce spiritual power in, in in the natural world. And, and same thing with us. When we do something physical, it can produce spiritual power. It can increase, I believe, the power of good on our side. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so I'm going to say this. I, I don't want you just to uh, quit, quit fasting. Well, that's for 21 days for the year. I'm not going to do any less fasting. I'm going to do the rest of feasting. No, listen. I want you to, to consider fasting some more. You listen, reason why Jesus fasted in the wilderness, it wasn't just for him to have a spiritual victory for himself. It was for him to do ministry. When he came out of that fast, the Bible says he came out in the power of the spirit. And I'm telling you, God's going to put the power of his spirit on your life to, for you to affect a lost and a dying world. God's calling each one of us. We're coming out of this fast, not just for ourselves. We're coming out in the power of the spirit of the living God. And I'm telling you, you start, you start talking to people. I'm, I'm talking to people. I was, I see like every day I'm talking to somebody about the Lord. I was in Sam's the other day and I'm praying that God will open the door. And the lady was there. I said, do you have a church home? No, I don't have a church home. I said, well, well, you, you need a church home. Here's a card. She says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I work all the time. But I said, you doing all right. You need some prayer. Oh yeah. My, my, my son's in jail. I'm going through all this turmoil. And I said, well, let me pray for you. And I prayed for her. And I'm telling you, God touched her. Glory to God. God touched her and God touched me. That's what it's all about. When we start looking for needs and we start praying for people and we start seeing people blessed, set free by the power of God, then our soul's going to prosper. And I'm telling you, we're going to be walking like kings. We're going to be walking like mighty victors because we have purpose and we are doing the purposes of God in our lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Start praying that God will give you opportunities to minister his goodness on his behalf. Allow this fasting prayer to propel you into ministry. We're all called to be ministers. 
You're all ministers. You're all called. Do I can't do it all. Glory to God. That's why I have some. Like my wife said yesterday, she said, why don't you get some people to help you? I said, that's a good idea. I was going to call her Jethro. Amen. Who was Jethro? Well, wasn't he the father-in-law of Moses and Moses was trying to do everything? And then I said, why don't you get some help? And I said, yeah, yeah, maybe I could probably get more done with some more help. Glory to God. I'm enjoying it myself, but all right, well, I'll, I'll get some people involved. Glory to God. And we'll get a team out here and we'll, and we'll kick the devil right out of Virginia Beach. How many people want to kick the devil right out of Virginia? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got the power. Just this small group can turn Virginia Beach upside down. Do you believe that today? Just this small group, the 12 disciples. Jesus just had 12. Glory to God, we have more than 12 in here. Glory to God. I'm telling you, this small group could turn Virginia Beach and the Tidewater area or Hampton Roads area upside down. You believe that today? Praise God. Are you ready to move forward in God? Are you ready to press in and see the glory of God? I believe and I'm going to confess that this year is going to be a Ephesians 3.20 year. You're going to have abundantly above more than you can ask or think according to the power that works within you. Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning and I thank you, Father, for all that you're doing. I thank you, Father, for this 21 day fast that we just accomplished. And I thank you, Lord God, that we're not going to give up on what we're believing you for. I thank you, Father God, we're going to stick in the fight. I thank you, Father God, we're going to see all that you have for us. And even more, Father, we're going to see our families come to you and they're going to come to church. We're going to see our neighbors saved. We're going to see our co-workers coming uh, into a relationship with you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. You're going to use us mightily to do these things. And we just give you all the honor and all the glory. Father, I thank you for each person here this morning, those watching online. And perhaps you don't know if you died today where you'd spend eternity. Well, today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Today is your day. If you're watching online or if you're here in the audience and you don't know where you spend eternity, you can pray this simple prayer. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead for your sins, you shall be saved. So just say this after me, mean it in your heart, and I believe you'll be translated out of the kingdom of darkness into God's marvelous light. Amen. Just say this after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.